Phil After has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill After's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found a true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, well, I want to say one thing. Uh, Bruno was an LA champion. You know? Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did didn't have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is that the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Wrestling with History Worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Voice of Choice Bruce Wirt, Killer Ken Resnick, and Wonderful Willie, the legend maker, Bill Apter. And what's he doing? What's he doing right now? He's well, I, I'm trying to put my cell phone down because some of our listeners here on Wrestling with History are asking me questions about the night we're taping this evening some questions to ask all of us. They're late. So they're late. They're late. They they're late. They are, but they're <laughs> texting me anyway. And I'm saying we're taping the podcast right now. Taping the podcast. We tape on Tuesdays. But if you're listening, we tape on Tuesdays. Don't text right. Bill on Let's Tuesdays. Stop texting me. This one is from uh, uh, Wrestling Inc.'s Nick Houseman here. Yes. So uh, good plug to Wrestling Shout out to, uh, to Nick Houseman. There we go. <laughs> all right, guys. Tonight we're talking about Bobby the Brain Heenan who had a pivotal role for so much of our wrestling history. And we'll get into that in a little bit. But last week, we talked about one of Bobby's most famous clients, Andre the Giant. And I have some feedback from that show if we want to start with that. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. We want her. Andre. Fans are, without the fans, we're nothing. So start with that. The real Godzilla. 
If anyone in wrestling history deserves the phrase larger than life, it's Andre. If you started watching wrestling in the late 80s, early 90s, like myself, well, him, Andre was just a washed up immobile giant. But if you dig into his early career in the 70s and early 80s, you'll discover an amazing once in a lifetime individual who could only be the product of the wonderful territory era. And we kind of talked about that last week, Bill. You ended with that, didn't you? We did. Yes, that's correct. You know, he worked all the territories, Andre the Giant, booked out by Vince McMahon Sr. And Andre was the... uh, that special eighth wonder of the world where he would compete in battle royals. He would compete against the local champions. And yeah, everybody wanted to see and meet if they could, Andre the Giant. So uh, you guys, uh, Bill, you're, you're probably more in tune than Ken with this individual, but what's your thoughts on Dave Meltzer? What, now, what, how, how does that, what does that have to do with Andre? Uh, I'll tell you in a second. I'm going to okay, read. No, Andre, Dave and I have been, back in the days when um, you were not supposed to talk to Dave Melter or know him. I talked to Dave all the time. He and I used to talk at least once a week uh, and exchange results and things. And I've known Dave. I've been uh, uh, comped the wrestling observer. Uh, Dave has always been a, uh, confidant uh, and a friend. I don't always agree with, uh, with all his views, and, uh, but that doesn't make a bad person, in my yes, opinion. Uh, listen, Dave's a pariah. He's like Bruce Pritchard. Some people love him. Some people don't love him. Ken, uh, uh, any thoughts on Meltzer? Uh, I did one interview with him, did, didn't have all that much contact, and it was kind of one of those things where uh, – I, you know, I had no problem with him, but sometimes other people in the business, which I always found strange, would sometimes say, hey, what are you doing talking to Dave Meltzer? Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, the only way you would know that was if you're reading him. Yeah. I always found that, you know, a, a little strange. But, you know, I am starting to, to, to take notice, you know, I, I tabbed him and we refer to Bill Bruce a, a, as a legend maker, but how many times has Bill said, well, he wasn't supposed to go to, you know, WWE or WWF matches, but he would go and he wasn't supposed to talk to Vince, but he would talk to Vince. And now he wasn't supposed to talk to Dave Meltzer, but he's friends. I think we, we, we got to, you know, relook at this. We might have to start calling him the, the rule breaker. The rule breaker. Well, you know what it was? The, <laughs> what, what this was? No, no. What this was, was Dave Meltzer. Uh, people a lot of times say after a Meltzer. And we, two, we did two different kinds of journalism. Different style. And, and yeah, and Dave Meltzer is a legitimate uh, journalist. He yep. really is. Uh, he worked in the newspapers out in California and stuff. Uh, but if a promoter heard that you were talking to him, their thing was that SOB is exposing our business. And back then, again, the business was... It, it, wrestling is real period the end and you know you don't let anyone in on the secrets etc so uh yeah but in a lot of people at this point uh have some issues with dave i read the observer i read what he says and a lot of the news that he uh reports a lot of it i don't know until i i read it in the observer as well i visit his site daily so I um... yeah, Bill I, and, and Bruce, as we get into more Voc Nation t-shirts, 
I think I got a perfect idea for Bill's. We can have Bill's picture, and the caption can be, I wasn't supposed to, but. <laughs> but I did. I love it. I like that. Will it fit on my custom-made Nation? That's a new caption. I wasn't supposed to, but I, I did. Now, listen, while we're there, and, and by the way, if you're watching on video, you're watching on our premium channel, which you're yeah. subscribing for just $3 a month. You get full video commercial free of this show in the room with Brady Hicks, my big break with Jerry Strauss. He's already had Candace Michelle that and Shelly Martinez from Shelly live. You get the full show right there. Just $3 a month audio and video. And the next tier up is $9 and you get after's archives, which is 50 years of bill after. And the first one is up bill. It's Bruno San Martino. Yes. Now this is 50 years of bill after interviewing yeah. wrestlers. And I have a huge cassette library and so much of it has never been heard or utilized at all and the one that's up uh currently is a lot of people don't remember the days when bruno san martino was in the wwa the territory that bruiser ran in detroit and bobby heenan was a big part yeah. of that uh, company as Where well it started yeah yeah we indianapolis and detroit in that yes, yeah, yep. in that area and um uh so bruno talking about um, he and uh, Bruiser losing the WWA tag team titles to, uh, to the Valiant Brothers, with, managed by Bobby Heenan at that point. So yeah, it's great audio and it's historical. And uh, yeah, every, every uh, once in a while, we will drop more of these classic audio interviews out there. <laughs> And only on the premium channel at VOC Nation will you be able to access these. There you go. So I was saying that because uh, Ken's also, so Bill's got his VOC Nation hat on, which will be available soon, uh, as soon as we relaunch the new website. And Ken has his Killer Ken Made It Real t-shirt on, which is available on uh, shirts.vocnation.com in the VOC Nation store on Pro Wrestling Tees. Ken, you're modeling that shirt today. It looks very, very well on you. Well, I, you know, I, I thought about it and, you know, I generally don't, I, I, I've never worn it on the show. I kind of thought it was a little tacky, but I knew, you know, we were going to be talking about Bobby the Brain Heenan and the Bobby loved picking on people and, and not in a bad way, in, in a good way. I mean, he just lived for that. And as I was thinking about some of the Heenan stories we were going to be telling, I said to myself, if Bobby was still here and part of this show and saw this t-shirt, it would be, he would be like over the moon. That, that is all he would focus on and pick on me for in every way possible. So I thought nobody would love to see me and this t-shirt together more than Bobby Heenan. You so lift it up a little mind, bit. If he's yeah. looking down, I'm wearing this for Bobby because he would love it. He'd be yeah. unmerciful. Can you show the whole shirt? Can you move your camera down so we can see the whole shirt? Uh, that's great. Thou, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you just great. want to see my COVID stomach. Well, we know that. <laughs> that part. Yeah. The only thing worse, Ken, is if Brady Hicks had his picture on a T-shirt. But we'll we'll skip that. Now, now getting back to Dave. So, and and by the way, my. My first knowledge of Dave Meltzer way back when I first started doing this, because I wasn't really a dirt sheet guy. I've, I always, I mean, I bore one, one mania or, um, you know, sites like that is where I got no my clean news sheet guy. 
Yeah, I'm a clean sheet guy. But I'm uh, I'm at a wrestling convention. I think it was big time wrestling out Kirk White in California. And Diamond Dallas Page comes up to me, super excited to see me, asked me how I've been doing. And, you know, 10 minutes into the conversation, and I'm thinking, I think that he might think I'm somebody else. And I said, Dallas, I'm sorry. Um, I don't think that I'm who you think I am. Who, who, who do you think that I'm, I am? He's like, you're Meltzer. I, I said, no, 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 uh, no, but, but thank you. <laughs> and, uh, and that's, that's how I became aware of Dave Meltzer. And uh, my opinion is Dave likes Japanese wrestling a lot. And that's not the style of wrestling that I like. So I'm not in tune with his stars. Yeah. So what brought up Dave okay. with our Barbie? Yeah, I'm like, what are we doing okay. here? Yeah. Here's the payoff. Rod Gapley. No, wait, says, wait, wait, wait. Before you go on, sometimes you get that glow in your eye and that little smile of I'm going to get you. Uh, that, what do you think, Dave Meltzer? Ha ha. And then, so. Rod, and this is, you know, comment on our Andre the Giant show, but I think he's more talking about you two and what you're doing, reminiscing about the past together, right? The yep. golden era. And Rod says, I hope in 30 years, Justin Roberts sits down with Dave Meltzer and they can reminisce about the good old days when the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega would play Call of Duty all night long on a school night. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, Bobby Heenan, Bill, are you as confused uh, as I am? I just said uh, that's that's I think Rod was saying that he wasn't yeah. he doesn't think that history will play out so, it's quite as well. Like this looking back now 50 years ago is a lot more fun than it might be looking back right. 50 I got, years listen, from now. I got what you mean. Ken and I with the golden age of wrestling. So we're talking about 50 years from now, Justin Roberts and Dave Meltzer talking about Hario yep. uh, Kasama Bada wrestling in Japan and uh, and the young bucks who will, will then at that point be older bucks. Question mark says, so a lot of these I can't read. I'm just going through them in uh, too many foul language and swear words. Uh, there's never been a more epic event. This is question mark, uh, two words. There, has there ever been a woman who passed away? Uh, we're not talking about him, question mark. Josephus, not the same person. Okay, go ahead. Has there ever been a more epic event in all of history than a drinking contest between Andre the Giant and Harley Race? Absolutely. I talked about that last week. I was there. Yep, you were there? Yeah. Uh, and, and that's it. I don't think I'm going to read the rest of these. Let's get in to the late great Bobby the Brain Heenan, born November 1st, 1944, passed away very sadly September the 17th, 2017 and the last oh boy bill can last 15 years were not great to bobby heenan and i was i was very thankful that he got that last that last run in the spotlight for i think it was wrestlemania 17 for the gimmick battle royal that was his his last hurrah right well, I believe uh, it was he. He after that, much. he did a lot. Yeah, but he did a lot of conventions. Uh, after yeah, that. his wife. And said, I mean, I I think back, and and Bobby was such a phenomenal talker on interviews. Uh, you know, uh, on color with Gorilla on primetime. It, it was like 
the fact that he got to a point where he couldn't talk was about as, as cruel as anything I can. Well, that that was you know, similar to like when Gordon Soley had uh, the issue where he had to have his uh, his throat surgery and he couldn't speak after that. But I I have a story that involves him, but not directly with him being there. Okay. Can I, can I tell it to you? Yeah, go ahead. Fire so, away. Mr. Weston, my mentor at the wrestling magazines, when I was being romanced into working for the wrestling magazines, he called me, there's no cell phones, and he said, I'd like to meet you, and we have never met in person, I'd like to meet you at the men's grill at the Biltmore Hotel in New York City. So I went, and we met, and he was telling me that I was being uh, too nice to the waiters. Mr. Weston was very great, but he was sarcastic. So he then pulls out a copy of like the 1970, maybe November cover of the Wrestler magazine. And he says, keep it down because I'm not proud of it. We're sitting next to people with suits and ties and all that. And a big headline, oh my God, Bobby, what happened to your face? And there's a bloody gory picture of Heenan with blood all over his face and I never forgot the person the businessman sitting next to us looked at that and says oh my god what is that and I said that's Bobby Heenan Mr. Weston put it away he's like he, he went that that was the first real look I had at a cover of a Heenan thing but Heenan had one of the things that he did that was brilliant was that he was a self-publicist. I wish everybody was like him. There were two guys in Detroit, photographers, Gary Kamensack and Gary Mancuso. And Heenan used to get them when he was in WWA in the Detroit area. And Heenan would set them up to take pictures of Heenan and his guys in the dressing rooms and make sure they sent them exclusively to us. And 90% of them were all bloody and gory pictures. And he knew we would use them. So that was Smart. the first. Yeah. Yeah. So. And Bobby was at, in the WWA from 1961 to 1974. And uh, I guess in 69, he started sharing his time with the AWA. And that, I guess, leads me to you, Ken. Yeah. Did you first meet Bobby in the AWA or was it not until you went to the WWF? Oh, no, no. Uh, Bobby was, uh, Bobby was uh, and together with Nick, was in the uh, AWA on my day one. Uh, so I, I got to know uh, Bobby really well, uh, his wife, Cindy, daughter, you know, Jessica. Uh, yeah. I knew them and, and Bobby was one, uh, you know, like Nick was, that if there was something, you know, once I kind of had paid a little dues and was accepted, uh, you could go to Bobby and, and, you know, ask him things and he would you know, take the time away from the camera to, to try and help you as much as he could. Uh, so now I, I knew Bobby uh, the entire three plus years. Uh, I was in the AWA, you know, Bobby had already left and was in WWF. So uh, I got together uh, with Bobby again in WWF on my very first day. Awesome. So Bill, I was did with him in WA and uh, WWF. Bill, when was the first time that you met Bobby Heenan? I went, I went to cover a show in, uh, uh, trying to think where it was, uh, oh, an AWA show. 
uh, Vern Gagne had uh, told me that, uh, you know, anytime we wanted to, I wanted to come out and uh, shoot pictures, etc. So Bobby never, never clued me in on something. This was back in, uh, Ken, maybe you, you might remember this since, and I think it was before you were in AWA, but uh, Vern called me into the dressing room and Bobby was in there with uh, Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkle and they had a trophy. And Vern looked at me and he said, do you have a suit? Because I was wearing a leisure suit back then. I didn't have a shirt and tie on. <laughs> I said, this is all I have. And Greg came in and he said, that's, that's acceptable. So what we're going to do is you're going to present, stop straightening when I'm talking. No, I'm just sorry <laughs> for the people on video. No, I'm just right. This is why you got to get the video. So you'll know what I'm talking about. So Bobby uh, lays out this whole thing that there's a trophy that we're going to give to, uh, to uh, the Heenan family, a huge trophy uh, to Heenan, Ray Stevens and Nick Bockwinkle and referee Al Derusha would be in there and all this. And uh, just, you know, follow the flow of things. I was smart, sort of, to the business, 20%, okay, at that point. I get in the ring, and uh, the, uh, whoever the announcer was, uh, I think it was Al Darusha. He had said to me, uh, Bill Apter is here from the Wrestling Magazine in New York for a very special presentation. I'm holding the trophy, and then uh, Bobby they, does this whole thing. You know, all you... Uh, uh, idiots out there, blah, blah, humanoids, blah, blah. huh? Humanoids. I was going to say hemorrhoids. I couldn't think. <laughs> so all you humanoids and all, and all of a sudden, uh, uh, I hear the, a referee come behind me. He says, get out. I'm going, what? Get out. I didn't know what he was talking about. I'm, I'm like, what do you mean get out? And cause we're on TV here. And all of a sudden, Ray Stevens grabs the trophy and breaks it over the head. And it's on YouTube somewhere. And that all hell broke loose. And I ran out of the ring like, because nobody clued me in. So we got back to the dressing room. Bobby said, you know what? Had we clued you in, you never would have reacted that way. He yeah. Said, that was brilliant. You came across great kid. Was that uh, Ray's turn? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. So that was the first time I had talked to Bobby on the phone several times before that, because he always was calling and saying, you know, I'm getting your photographers to send uh, send your pictures. He was he was like Jerry Lawler that way, always calling, always sending pictures to publicize whatever he was doing. Those are the two guys through the years in the magazines that always kept uh, publicizing themselves. Yeah, so it was great. It was great meeting him. And that night, that night, I remember going out to Chinese food with uh, with Nick and Bobby. And oh, my God, Bobby with every with the server and everything putting on back then when it was acceptable Chinese accent and, you know, um, throwing food on the it was just unbelievable. Take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side with more Bobby Heenan, including some world famous ribs, not the kind that you eat right here on wrestling with history in the VOC nation wrestling network. For over 10 years, VOC nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, 
former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Back on Wrestling With History. You know, if we could monetize something here, it should be the breaks because that's where we have the You know the what I want to ask you, though? Yeah. What do you think of Wade Keller? I like Wade Keller. Okay. Are you saying because like I'm, you're trying to paint like I don't like Dave Meltzer. I don't okay. agree with his style of wrestling. His stars are not where I would put my stars. Okay. I okay. would give Andre and Hogan five stars. Savage Steamboat would probably get five as well. Uh, but I'm just not into like, like Kenny the, uh, Omega versus somebody. Yeah, with- I'm not into the competitive yeah. dance. And that's nothing against AEW. Don't I don't want a bunch of hate mail. Don't 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 attack me. I, I'm very sensitive these days. Ken, let's talk about Bobby Heenan and his ribs and, and not the kind wait, wait, that you wait, why are we gonna talk about Bobby Heenan on the Dave Meltzer show? I don't understand. <laughs> We'll call this uh, wrestling with observer, <laughs> wrestling observer. Hit no, 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 Dave. We love you. Thank you. Yeah, you. You're, you're. I say it all the time. Dave's the reason that a lot of us are doing this today because yeah. he was a he was a founder of the uh, that the what do you call it? Smart marks. Ken, Bobby Heenan, ribs. Uh, you got any famous rib stories? You spent a lot of time with Bobby. Oh, Bobby loved, Bobby loved picking on people and Bobby lived to pull ribs and Bobby Heenan got me better than anybody ever could have. And to set it up, it was when I was in WWF, we were in Pittsburgh and, you know, back in those days, all the interviews were market specific. So sometimes on an interview day, we would have 75 or more interviews. And oftentimes, you know, before I would leave, the office sometimes would fax me a, a rundown list. But it was always the, you know, agent that, you know, I'm seeing that kind of set up the order of the talent and oversaw the interviews and, you know, made sure everything was right. We get to Pittsburgh. I forget who it was supposed to be. But for whatever reason, you know, he had missed a plane. There was a delay, whatever. He wasn't there. And... You know, I had never needed it, so I had left my rundown of the interviews in my room at the Holiday Inn we were staying at in Pittsburgh. And now we're already downtown at the arena. And I'm trying to think, you know, they're trying to find out if they can get a fax to the building. And I'm trying to think, who might still be at the hotel? And I know Bobby was staying there, and he wasn't scheduled for later. So I call the hotel, get Bobby, tell him what happened, tell him where the rundown is in my room, call back to the desk, identify myself and say, would you please give Bobby Heenan a key to my room? And Bobby said, I'll get the list and come right down. Well, you know, which he did, but I'm thinking I probably made the biggest mistake in the world 
I let Bobby Heenan get into my room when I'm not there. Bobby comes down with a list and I say, all right, just tell me, what did you do to my room? And he looks at me, he says, nothing, come on. He said, you know, I, this was different. You know, I, I, I would love to, but I'm not going to do it like this. I, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't do anything. And we're doing the interviews. We take a break. I said, come on, Bobby, just tell me, what'd you do? He swears up and down. He didn't do anything. So long story short, we get back to the hotel after the matches. I go to my room. He, Bobby swears he didn't do anything. You know, I put the card in open and I'm like pushing the door open an inch at a time. I don't know if there's something above an animal, whatever. I finally get the door. I don't see anything. Then I check in the bathroom. I check behind the shower and it's like, I'm going, I'm pulling each drawer out an inch at a time. Nothing. Open my suitcase. Nothing. I can't find anything. So I go back to the bar. Bobby's there. I said, Bobby, what do you want? It's on me. I want me to buy a drink. And he kind of looks at me. I said, I was sure you did something to my room. He said, I told you I would not like that. I didn't do anything. <laughs> so we have a couple drinks. <clears throat> We're leaving early the next morning. I go back to my room. And I take my contacts out, wash up, you know, pull the, and I looked under the bed. I had done everything. So I pulled the sheet back, whatever, you know, I climb in bed and I scream at the top of my voice. What he had done was gone to the restaurant and got like two or three salt shakers, pulled back the bedding, completely filled all the sheets with white salt and remade the bed. So when I got in, it was like I was just crawling into a bed full of table salt. Oh. And, you know, once you get that on your, you can't get it off. And finally, all I can, there's no way to get it out. So I just had to pull the bedspread back and try to sleep on the top of the bed. Like sleeping on a bed of sand. <laughs> no bed bugs, though, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. boy. But, but that was Bobby. He was like, he knew I would be looking for something. So he found the one thing until the very end I got in bed, I would never find. And he made. Ken, Ken, uh, I think we lost Ken. I think Ken froze. So Ken froze in a very, for, for people on, I have to, I have to do uh, gallery view so people can see the pose that Ken yeah, froze on. But you know, he was telling a story about being assaulted. Yeah, so yeah, very good. That's quick. That's quick wit. Well, until we get until we get Ken back, um, Bobby Heenan and I had a very special line of communication between the two of us from the first time I met him until the last time I saw him when he was ill. Um, Bobby used to love. He Bobby knew that I did. Okay, I'm back. I think. Oh, okay. We were talking about you being assaulted by Bobby Heenan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, he he was a master, but he swore up and down all night. You know, he didn't do a thing. He didn't do a thing. And it, it was, you know, he figured out the one place I wouldn't see till you know, I climbed into bed. I want to ask you about some of your experience doing interviews with Bobby, because I've seen some outtakes uh, and and especially where uh, where he's just messing around. And I, so I want to get to that. Bill, uh, go back to your story that, that you started when Ken... So from the day I met Bobby until the last time I saw him at a convention in, uh, uh, I think it was in Queens, at the big event, um, 
not long uh, before he he passed away. Bobby knew that I did from telephone. Bobby knew that I did hundreds of wrestling voices, and he used to always love. He'd always tell me to ask me to do Pedro Morales. So when Bobby and I got together in person, Pedro used to hit his body and go. The, the interviewer would go, well, Pedro, what do you think about it? I am ready for any kind of action, baby. That's what Pedro would do. So no matter where I ran into Bobby at a wrestling show when he was around the ring managing one of his guys and I'd be shooting pictures around the ring, he'd always pass me by, bump into me and do this. Um, when he was being on camera with Tony Schiavone and WCW, the two of them are standing there in front of the camera I'm behind the cameras shooting pictures. Bobby's doing this every single time we had that thing. Of, and like I said, the last time I saw him and he could barely talk and he said, cool. And he, I thought he was gonna knock himself over. He was so weak at that point. But I wanted to bring up the, um, the wonderfulness. I'm gonna use that old Bill Cosby word, that wonderfulness of Cindy, uh, his wife who spent so much of her life taking care of him and keeping him out in the business and with the fans, no matter how much he was hurting and how much everything was going wrong with him. Uh, I just want to send, if she's listening to this or watching this, want to send our love to her for making Bobby's last years so very happy uh, bringing him back out into the wrestling public. Yeah, for, for me, right, as a fan, I'm not, I'm not as much of a fan today, but, but a major fan in the 80s. Seeing Bobby Heen, even at that stage, um, it was like, you know, I mean, it was, it was probably equivalent to if, if I was standing in front of Hulk Hogan, who was my hero as a child. Bobby was just, he had that big of an impact on me. Ken, you spent a ton of time with Bobby doing backstage interviews and Bobby was part of so many because he had so many people, <laughs> Bobby, his roster. I mean, if you think about the heels in the mid eighties in the WWF, um, the major ones really ran either him or Jimmy, uh, Johnny Valiant, I guess is a close third Fuji uh, had a few, but Bobby was part of a lot of the interviews. Do you have anything that sticks out in terms of interview memories? There's a couple, but I, I will say this and, and to explain, I, I mean, in, in a great way, Bobby was a very hard interview in that he was so good you could never really let your guard down. Even on a day, if we had to do say 100 interviews, because you never knew what Bobby might throw out or Bobby might come back and challenge you on. In other words, like when I would interview Hulk, once Hulk got going, he pretty well carried okay, the over. interview. You know, as did, you know, the Macho Man. Macho Man would, would always go out of his way to try and include you, but mainly on rhetorical questions. So you could, if it was a long day, you could kind of relax mentally a little bit, but you never could with Bobby because he would sometimes come up with, with stuff. If you weren't paying complete attention, you would have no idea. And to this day, 
uh, a lot of people have seen the, the interview, the, the Road Warriors with the turkey leg with Animal and Hawk, where, you know, you could see me biting my lip to keep from cracking up, as did Animal. It was like but, me with Vern's last match. But yeah. <laughs> Bobby is the only guy that cracked me up where we had to redo the interview. I started laughing so hard, I just couldn't stop. We were doing an interview. It was in the AWA. It was around the holidays. Nick wasn't there. So Bobby was doing the interviews and, you know, we're doing an interview and he's talking about Nick, you know, it's the holidays and, you know, he's on a roll and all of a sudden he just stops and goes, Oh, geez. And, you know, like took me back. And I, I didn't know if he was in character, if there was something wrong. So I said, well, you know, what's wrong? Is there a problem? He said, did you get a Christmas card from me yet? And I was like, I didn't know if he was in character. So I just kind of said, well, as a matter of fact, I, I didn't. He goes, yeah, and you won't either. <laughs> and it just out of the clear blue, it just cracked that's me up. Could add that's when ad living was acceptable. You can't do that today. No, but I mean, it, it was just the whole, I, he was right in the middle of this passionate interview about a match. And he just, did you get a Christmas card for me? Yeah, it just... And, you know, it was just, he said, yeah, and you won't either. I just cracked up. You know, I was like so in, invested in paying attention and I just lost it. I started laughing so hard. We, we had to redo it. And I said, Bobby, where did that come from? He said, I swear, I don't know. It just popped into my head. And th that was Bobby. And I said, all right, you know, we'll redo it and go ahead. And I says, no, nah, I'll never get the same reaction. Forget. But th that was... Bobby, I mean, just out of the clear blue sky, it just popped into his head. So he is the only one that got me to, to and, and not intentionally, but it was just, he thought it would be, you know, funny part of the interview. That no, was the before he was in AWA, we mentioned that he was in WWA, Bruiser's yeah. territory, and he was the perfect pain in the butt to Bruiser. Absolutely perfect, because he ran roughshod with the Blackjacks and the Valiants and so many other guys that caused Bruiser so much trouble. And I don't think anyone could have uh, uh, could have done it better than Bobby Heenan. In the AWA, he and Nick Bockwinkle were perfect together because Bockwinkle could talk and so could Ray Stevens, but they stood there being uh, more classy where Heenan was the uh, like we used to use in the magazines, the loudmouth manager. And just you never, what Ken was saying, and it's so true, is you never knew what Bobby Heenan was going to say. And I do know in his days back in the WWF that uh, even though the guys, the broadcasters had Vince in their earpiece and they were uh, instructed where to go in various places verbally, that they did give Bobby some freedom to be Bobby Heenan because you can't take a guy like Bobby Heenan, such a great wit like Bobby Heenan, and just put him in a box and say, you can't go out of this box. So, yeah. Let me ask you guys this. Primetime wrestling, where Gorilla and Bobby would sit there and, and record two hours of, of tape matches from the syndicated shows. A lot of that seems off the cuff because I I watched and you could see so many times where Gorilla seems completely caught off guard by something Bobby says. 
is that authentic or is is that heavily produced? In, no, in I mean, I was there for right? a lot of it. And, and, you know, they they would just do, you know, their cut-ins one after another, you know, and then they would put the matches in, you know, in, in post-production. No, they didn't rehearse anything. No. I, I mean, that was just, they were just that good. I, I mean, I, I don't think there is a producer today, and as Bill alluded to, even Vince was smart enough to know as great a talent as Bobby is, you can't produce him. Um, so no, I, I mean, I was at, you know, we used to do it at video one right outside of Baltimore uh, and they didn't rehearse anything. I mean, just like the, the, the Christmas card uh, interview with me, stuff would just pop into Bobby's head and he would just throw it out to gorilla. But Gorilla was so talented, he could play right off it. But no, that was not- them were perfect. It was perfect together. Back and forth, they were able to ad lib with each other and keep on topic as well. Uh, the other interview I, I really remember, and I, and I know Bobby cooked this one up because this is when, you know, Nick was going around the horn with Vern. And, you know, the big deal was Bobby was always contended that Nick's sleeper hold was just a, uh, that Vern's sleeper hold was a chokehold. It was illegal. The Bachwinkle sleeper was perfectly legal. You could breathe, but it just cut off the blood to you, the carotid artery, and that's where you passed out. So that was kind of the, the big storyline. <laughs> and of course, you know, the fans, because Bobby and Nick being a heel, you know, didn't believe it. So <clears throat> we're doing it. Interviews, we take a break and we come back and I'm starting to do another interview with Nick and, and, and Bobby. And I'd worked with Bobby enough. He had, you know, like Bruce sometimes get a little gleam in his eye. So I was immediately kind of on alert, like, okay, well, you know, what's coming? And we're doing this and Bobby's complaining about it being a choke and everything else. And Bobby says, here, in fact, you know what, give, give me the mic for a second. So now I'm really, you know, it's like, that's the last thing as an interview you want to do is give up control of the mic. So Bobby takes it. Nick, go ahead and show him the difference about what's legal and what's illegal about Ganyan's sleep. So Nick, you know, grabs me and puts me and starts choking me like Vernon, you know, lets me up. And he said, you couldn't breathe, right? And I said, no, I absolutely, I'm kind of coughing. And then Bobby says, all right, now show him the Bachwinkle sleeper where he can breathe, but it's a carotid artery and we're going to put, you know, put him. And Nick clamps it on. And I mean, he's got it on where I'm struck. And all of a sudden, you know, I'm literally starting to pass out. Yeah. You know, and then, you know, Nick, you know, lets up and literally steadies me. I mean, you know, for real, I was starting to go. And I'm looking at Bobby and he's got this grin on his face where this is one he had cooked up. And in fact, somebody sent me a screenshot on, on, on Facebook, on social media, and you can see Nick with a sleeper, Bobby holding the mic and Bobby's just got this great big grin on his face. Oh boy. We got to find that. We got to find that. That's, and, that uh, goes in the, uh, the, in the video. Uh, file with the Coco beware. Yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, Ken, I want to ask you one more thing, and then on the other side of the break, 
Uh, I want to talk about Bobby leaving the AWA to the WWF and, and what the thoughts were. And, uh, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up and talk about next week. Uh, Cause I think we have a pretty, pretty special show lined up for next week. Did you want to get something in before the break? Ken? Yeah, I, I want to just shed a little bit more light on, on what kind of person Bobby was away from the business, but always Bobby Heenan pulling a rib. Uh, I was, out in Las Vegas for the the NAPTI show. And I think this is when I was doing the AWF, you know, with uh, Sarge and Tito and the late Paul Alperstein. I was staying at Treasure Island. <clears throat> I go down to the lobby and all of a sudden I hear somebody yelling my name and I turn around, it's Bobby. Now I hadn't seen Bobby for, you know, a couple of years, comes up, gives me a hug. How you doing? You know, I <clears throat> talk about this and that. And he had met her a couple of times and he said, hey, how's your mom doing? And, you know, I said, she's doing great. And I kind of told him the story. My father had passed away years and years before that she had uh, got set up to meet someone she dated, you know, before World War II, you know, her kind of first real boyfriend. You know, he went away to the, you know, and it was in World War II. They had completely lost touch. And someone got them together. He had lost his first wife and they just fell, you know, back in love. And I said, they're so happy, you know, and and they've moved in together. And Bobby says, they're living together? I said, yeah, he's great. I mean, I'm closer to him than I was my father. And, you know, this was before cell phones yet. So Bobby says, come on, come on. He goes out of the bank of pay phones. He puts in his car. He says, what's her number? So I give him the number and, you know, Bobby calls her and she answers the phone and he goes, this Mrs. Resnick. Yes. And I forget who he said he was. We understand you are living in sin, cohabitating, (laughs) setting an example for your unmarried son. What kind of mother? And my mom kind of went to panic. He says, no, 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 stop, stop. He said, it's me. It's Bobby Heenan. He said, I ran into Kenny, told me a story. I'm so happy for you. It's great. But it was like, that was Bobby. He wanted to call her up, tell her how happy he was for her. But at the same time, he had to be the jokester. You know, he had to That's That's a great story. He he thought about, you know, he wanted to ask about her. When he found out, he was so happy. He wanted to call and tell her. But as he's calling, he's going, well, I can't just be nice. I got to be Bobby Heenan here for a little bit. So that's, you know, the the love that that Bobby really had for people. That's 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 a great story. Yeah. That's that's amazing. He's an amazing person, and I'm yeah. I'm so sad that I didn't get to see the real Bobby. I just got to see the. In fact, you know, when we talk about Bobby, and so many of the people just remember him as a broadcaster, and this is a true story. Bobby was a phenomenal worker, yes. and this was in the AWA. I was at ringside calling the match. I forget who Bobby was working with. But Bobby, you know, got tossed out onto the floor, you know, after supposedly taking a pretty good beating. And he was out on the floor selling it so well, I kind of looked over at him. I wasn't sure if maybe he was really hurt. And Bobby happened to see the concern in my eye. And, you know, this is a Cape Bay bear. And Bobby kind of, you know, just kind of goes, where's Erkin? And then rolls away. (laughs) Wanted to let me know he was okay. 
But, you know, even knowing the business, sitting at ringside, that's how good a worker Bobby was because I thought he might really be seriously hurt. And he saw the concern and he wanted to make sure I knew he was okay. So he kind of went and, and rolled over, you know, and rolled over back in pain. But that's, that, that's the one thing. He doesn't get the credit because he was so good as a, as a manager and talker and broadcaster that, you know, he didn't really wrestle as much anymore, but he was a fabulous worker. He was also, you know, the, the Bobby Heenan character, the, the Joker character, actually in the latter years of his life, that became Bobby Heenan. Uh, yeah. It, it kind of took over uh, uh, his personality completely. You know, from, you know and, and he evolved Bill, from a bad, from a heat, from a heel, from a bad guy, to yeah. someone who became a real personality. But even you know, in failing health, Bobby was you know old school seventies and eighties, where the fans were the lifeblood. There wasn't the pay per views, there wasn't the television revenue, but towards even in failing health, Bobby always wanted to show his appreciation and be out and, and see the fans. He was yeah. old school that way. And, and, and I think where today there's so much less of that because the, the truth is, you know, today's superstar ticket sales are really the least part of their personal revenue from the business. Correct, correct. And at the so. conventions, the lines for Bobby Heenan the last few years of his life, the the lines were like they'd say around the corner. Yeah, yep. and, and Jimmy was the same way too. I mean, I, I've I've worked so much with Jimmy Hart, even at a telecom convention. Uh, I've had Jimmy Hart out because he's such an iconic figure, and all of the other vendors, all of the other telecom companies were complaining because our line for Jimmy Hart, who by the way has nothing to do with telecom, were taking up the entire aisle of the trade show and it just shows you how much of an impact that that era of professional wrestling had on people because it was about the people oh absolutely absolutely yeah. definitely and back right. then they they believed it yeah absolutely still real to me yeah that, that's that's a world famous video do you know uh, but, but hold on just for one sec that world famous video do you know i'm the host of that video I didn't know that. That was taped in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina in an independent show. I was in the ring with, I believe it was Jim Cornette and the Midnight Express doing a Q&A. And I pointed to that guy and that's where that came from. And I was shocked to see that clip on the Jimmy Kimmel show yeah. that he thought it was funny. And I saw myself in the ring there. <laughs> yeah. You didn't know that. Was that, uh, so was that, was that legit? Was that guy? Yeah, it was totally legit. He was really totally legit. It was not planned or anything. He was very that that crowd that was at that particular show that I believe that Tony Hunter ran was wrestling fans, true wrestling fans back in a small arena in the Carolinas. And we all believed back then. Awesome. Awesome. All right. We're uh, we're 10 minutes late for a break or something like that. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll wrap up the Bobby Heenan show wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC nation wrestling network. 
VOC Nation takes wrestling fans behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Get stories and inside information from people who worked on the other side of the curtain. Follow the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed and get weekly shows from hosts like Bill After, The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, Ken Resnick, The Maestro, Shelly Martinez, Wes Briscoe, and more. Visit VOCNation.com for more information and follow us on Twitter at VOCNation. Back here on Wrestling With History Worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Make sure you go to VOCNation.com and check out all of our free content. So there's lots of great stars uh, on the VOC Nation Network that take you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Besides Bill After and Ken Resnick, you got... Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, yeah. former WCW star, The Maestro, the second generation star, Wes Briscoe. Uh, oh boy, I mess this up every week. Shelly Martinez, who was Ariel in WWE and Salinas and DNA, and a whole host of others. Go to VOC Nation. Manny Fernandez. Uh, oh my Lord. How can I forget our most popular and polarizing figure, the raging bull, Manny Fernandez, rookie of the month. Uh, just killing it with numbers and he's got a t-shirt coming to the pro it's actually there on sale at the vocnation.com uh, pro wrestling tea store so just uh, go to shirts.vocnation.com get your shirt support manny he loves the business and oh there you go ken if you're watching on video you're talking about shirts ken uh, is modeling his killer ken made it real shirt and that is available as well shirts.vocnation.com or search VOC Nation at Pro Wrestling Tees. Bill's hat is not available quite yet. Not yet. Not yet. And, and, not yet. and hey, can we can we do a, a shameless tease? It's not available quite yet, but there is a great new Voc Nation t-shirt coming. Yeah. Which it's is actually there. It's there on, oh. on the Pro Wrestling Tees. Uh, the new logo New color and a very smooth shirt, so you'll you'll love it. Much much nicer than these old shirts were. Well, you know what I want to ask you? Somebody asked me this the other day. What's that? And, and about our show and all the VOC Nation, Wrestling Nation shows. Is if somebody wants to advertise on the VOC Nation, how do they do that? You can simply contact admin at vocnation.com. We have a very attractive uh, clicks per uh, CPM, clicks per million or something like that. It's actually per thousand is how it's charged. And it's based on the average uh, traffic on the feed. And by the way, the cool thing about advertising with VOC Nation or just simply listening to our shows, it's very simple with the feed. We don't do what some other networks do and give you a separate RSS feed for all of our shows. One feed. So just search VOC Nation Wrestling Network on your favorite app, bookmark it, like it, subscribe. People hate that word because it implies a fee, but this is free. And uh, you just, it's one feed for everything. So when you advertise, you get your advertisement across all of our shows. So this show, Wrestling with History, In the Room with Brady and Stroh, Shelly, all that stuff, Wes Briscoe, your ad goes there. Manny Fernandez. <laughs> and, and one thing, for sure, you'll never offend Bruce with cash. Never, never, never. So that's, that's what is it, A-D-M-I-N, admin, like administrator? At vocnation.com. If you can't spell admin, just my name, Bruce at vocnation.com, and, uh, and we'll get you a good deal. We'll take care of you, especially if you say you're Bill's friend. 
I, I may advertise um, my book. Is wrestling fixed? I didn't know it was broken. Thank you. All Back right. to you, Bruce. Next week, <laughs> coming up on Wrestling With History, we're going to talk about the late, great Rowdy Roddy Piper. Oh, I can't wait for that. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Yeah. Piper, uh, right here on Wrestling With History. And both of you guys had some, some great stories with Piper. So I'm, I'm very excited about that. I've been one, waiting for one that. Of the for great, one of the great movie lines of all time. <laughs> yes. Yes, from They Live. Give it remind to me, remind me to tell you the story about Roddy Piper and Skandor Akbar in Texas. I can't wait. Okay. Rod, Roddy's great line in that movie. And since, you know, we're podcasting, he goes, I'm here for two things, to chew gum and kick ass. And I'm all out of gum. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's a great line. Awesome, awesome. And one of the best movies of all time. They live. All right, guys, we're going to wrap it up here on Bobby Heenan Week on Wrestling With History. Bobby, um, just a storied career, but Ken, I want to ask you, he had a great run in the AWA. He was there for, what, about maybe uh, 10 years or so? Uh, yeah. Actually, closer to a little. So he started in 69 and was there until 84. So that's 15 years in the AWA. What Vern, what was Vern's reaction when Bobby said, I'm heading east to New York? Um, yeah, I, I wasn't there, but I got the impression that when Bobby left, that's when Vern really began to realize he was in trouble. Yeah. You know, I, I, I think, you know, Hulk leaving, uh, you know, Bobby really rose to great WA. And, and he and Nick had been there so long. Uh, you know, Nick and Bobby and, and Wally were, were along with the Jack Lanza kind of the, you know, booking the, the territory with Greg. And I think when Vern realized that someone as loyal as Bobby was, was leaving and there was no way he could come close financially to keeping him, I think that's when the realization set in that, you know, he was in trouble. And I think that spurred uh, the, the pro wrestling USA that suddenly Vern realized he was, you know, to survive. The other promoters had it to get together. Um, you know, there was, it was still, still too territorial in terms of everybody wanting their talent to, to go over. But I think, you know, Bobby was like, it, it, it finally hit home where the, the writing was kind of forming on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. He was so loyal to that company. I agree with you that things started falling apart in Vern's mind once the loyal people started to leave. And, yeah, and, and, and even that aside, you could argue, as Bruce, you alluded to, even in the AWA, that the, the stable that, that, you know, Bobby had and still was tied in to the weasel suit matches with Greg, 
you know, with Nick, the war, you know, with Ray Stevens. I mean, it, it was, you could almost argue that in terms of on-air talent, Bobby was the most valuable. Yeah. So the, the loyalty aside, you know, whenever Bobby went somewhere, he was a huge draw. People loved to hate Bobby Heenan and Bobby was able to, to work a crowd. I, I mean, Bobby could sometimes just, you know, fans would be chanting some and all Bobby had to do is just turn around, not say a word, just acknowledge it. And the fans would, you know, explode even louder. Yeah. So not only are you losing a guy you probably never thought you would lose, you're losing arguably one of the most valuable properties of the territory. You know what I would have loved to have seen? Our main event next week, Roddy Piper, in an interview battle with Bobby Heenan. I don't think that ever happened. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't that have been yeah. tremendous? Um, I, I, I mean... Oh, they, yeah, no, no, they had that... No, Bill, primetime wrestling. Remember... When Roddy Piper joined the show in 89, Bobby Heenan had that run of the Bobby Heenan show that upset the Oh, yes, the right, right. Network. I'm glad you me of that. I forgot about that. One of the greatest, um, you know, kind of segments of all time was that it was only a couple of weeks because USA and Bruce Pritchard tells the story on his show. But USA called WWE and said, what are you doing? You can't you can't do this with the Bobby Heenan show. We're paying for wrestling. Yeah. Um, by the way, the weasel name was started by Dick the Bruiser, who yes, we talked about yeah. in the beginning. Yeah. Dick the Bruiser. The weasel, weasel suit. Yes. So I have an uh, idea. I've got an idea. For our, for our main event next week, I wonder if fans can send in their favorite Roddy Piper moment or Roddy Piper match that we can discuss next week as well. The favorite name of Roddy Piper. You can tweet VOC Nation with the hashtag WWH, Wrestling With History, or tweet uh, uh, Resnick after VOC and, uh, and let us know. Use that hashtag as well, WWH. Or you could tweet Bill at After One Wrestling and use the hashtag WWH. Real quick, before we go, Bobby Heenan jumped in, in 1984 and I understand the original plan was for him to manage Jesse Ventura for a big run against Hulk Hogan that would, I guess, follow WrestleMania. But instead, when Ventura was out with blood clots in his lungs, they put him with Big John Studd against Andre, and the rest is history. Bill, is that how you uh, understood it? Um, I Truthfully, um, I, I knew that Heenan was going to be brought in to manage somebody, but they had their eyes on him as a commentator even way back then. Ken, did you uh, understand Bobby to go and, and work with Jesse or to be going to work with Jesse? Uh, I, I, I didn't hear anything about that, you know, one way or the other. The, the only thing I, I, I want to add is, is, is we sign off. For those that don't know, if you go on YouTube, you can find the weasel match Bobby had with Greg Gagne when Greg put him in the sleeper, you know, put him out. And then they put the weasel suit on and Bobby came, you know, supposedly came out of it, was laying there and then realized he had the weasel suit. What, as great a worker uh, uh, of in-ring talent, but as, as cowardice and showing he, he was afraid, he was scared. Bobby was just, 
he was great at everything he did relating to the business. But the, the weasel suit matches was some of the greatest with Greg Gagne. Going back to your question about uh, Ventura, uh, it would have been a natural thing because Bobby was in the they were uh, Ventura was in the AWA, so that would have been a uh, that would have been a natural combination. I would have liked to have seen that. And uh, and Ventura, so we'll get to Jesse at some point in in the future. Ventura was number two on our poll after Bobby Heenan. So we'll get to, to Jesse, but we do want to do Roddy Piper and we got some other great stuff planned for you as well. Bill, final thoughts on Bobby Heenan. Uh, the world lost an incredible performer in Bobby Heenan. He could turn a crowd uh, like no one else could. And when you talk about the old school wrestling managers there was nobody like Bobby Heenan. There was, there, it's the old cliche, there were, you know, you, many imitations, but the original one, uh, nobody could truthfully imitate Bobby Heenan. He was just- uh, uh, Often imitated, amazing. but never duplicated. Yeah. My buddy, Jimmy Hart, might've come close. We'll have to talk about Jimmy one of these days too. Baby, baby, we'll do that, baby. Yeah, but Bobby Heenan was, uh, was one of a kind. One of a kind. Ken, any final thoughts? I think you gave it to me before, uh, right before I went to Bill. Yeah, I, I mean, Bobby, uh, you know, G Jimmy Hart was great there. You know, and I, I've been so lucky in my time to work with so many great managers, but no one comes close to the, the ring ability, the ability on interviews, on commentary. And I, I think we've talked about it once before. The one thing I, I always marveled about uh, Bobby that sometimes people didn't realize whatever interview he was doing about an upcoming match somewhere in the interview as much as he tried to downplay it he always made certain to build up whoever the opponent was going to be he, he always always did that and and that's something you 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 don't see today and I think that just points to not only his ability, but the tremendous respect he had for everything about the business. Absolutely. That's hundred That's perfect, Ken. That really is. And that's a perfect way to wrap it up. Oh, by the uh, way, Bruce, I, I love Jimmy Hart and he's a fabulous manager. Uh, one of the things that separated Bobby from most of the other managers, if you really look at it, was he was able to get in the ring and take bumps like in an entire match, if he had to, because he had a wrestling background. Right. Lou Albano had a wrestling background. The Grand Wizard never had one. I don't believe Jimmy had one, but Jimmy's always been like in the top tier of uh, all the great managers in history. And he's still- Freddie had one, Fuji had one. Yeah. A lot of managers were great wrestlers. Yeah, but, but Bobby was just- Cut above. Yeah, yeah. For sure. All right. And that'll do it for this week. A great, great episode on Bobby the Brain Heenan. Make sure you rate and review us on iTunes because that helps us out a lot. Uh, remember, if you want to advertise across this or any of the VOC Nation shows, all of the VOC Nation shows, just send an email to admin at vocnation.com. We'll get you a great deal. 
and uh, our premium channel, which includes full video of uh, our major shows, commercial free episodes, audio and video. And then you have access in the mid the mid tier to Aptor's archives for just $9 a month. The basic tier is just three bucks and you get commercial free stuff and full video. You can't beat it. Can't beat it. But well, the first, well, I'm going to subscribe as soon as we get off here. I got my. Make sure you do it. I got my Venmo right here. Do it before the price goes up. I mean, come on, get in. All right, for uh, for Killer Ken Resnick, uh, wonderful Willie Bill After, I'm the voice of choice, Bruce Ford. Send us out, guys. We'll see you eventually at the matches. The, 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 that's all, folks. I like that. That was good. Bill Apter has been in the pro wrestling business for over 50 years. Hey, talking here with uh, Arn Anderson. Arn, first of all, your height and weight. 6'1", 255. And now subscribers to VOC Nation Premium get exclusive access to Bill Apter's archived audio footage. And uh, where's your hometown? Minneapolis, Minnesota. Okay, and uh, give us something about your back. First of all, your relationship to Ole Anderson. Ole is my Subscription to VOC Nation Premium starts at just $3 a month and includes commercial-free audio and video versions of our top podcasts. Okay, we're speaking here with uh, the manager of the World Heavyweight Tag Team Champions, Tarzan Tyler and Luke Graham, and he's, uh, he's sort of glowing tonight about a new prospect we haven't heard of yet. And for just $9 a month, Aptor's archives are all yours. Uh, would you tell us who this new prospect is? Well, I'll is? tell you, Bill, I've searched the world, and I finally <laughs> found the true world champion. I finally found... What's your opinion of uh, Ivan Koloff winning the title from Bruno San Martino? Well, I think... Uh, I don't know what to say, but I, I want to say one thing. Bruno was an LA champion. Hear exclusive interviews with the greatest performers of all time. This is Bill Apter, and once again, we're speaking here with... Bruno San Martino. Bruno, first of all, how did you and Bruiser lose that title to the Valiants? Well, actually, it was a, a, a very unusual loss, if you want to call it a did loss. Did not have anything to do? Well, yes, but the whole thing is this, if the rules, as I always understood them, was that you, the title could only be lost by pin or, or submission, which is the same rules as uh, my title, the World War Wrestling Federation. That night, uh, it was... To sign up, it's very simple. Head to premium.vocnation.com or go to patreon.com slash vocnation. VOC Nation takes you behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history.